one day. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses seven through 15 is where we're going to be this morning. Kind of continuing from last week, the, the talk about confidence uh, in the Lord. We've, we've looked at it last week and we looked at it actually the week before we talked about uh, Paul's confidence in the Lord. And, and we talked about having confidence in the Lord keeps us from losing heart. We talked about confidence in the Lord allows us to manifest the truth to the world. We, because we're confident in the Lord, can show people what being a Christian is all about. We also talked about last week having confidence in the Lord makes us understand that the gospel is veiled to those who are perishing. And what a job for us as Christians to make sure that we're doing our part to shine, shine, shine. Amen? To be something different for somebody so they can see Jesus in you. You know, the more people see Jesus, the more people see Jesus, the more awesome they realize he is. The more awesome they realize that he is worthy to be praised. And we also talked about having confidence in the Lord enables us to do just that, to sow, to sow that seed and to tell people about just how awesome it is to be a Christian. And we ended last week with this thought. Is the glory that God has shown in our hearts going out toward others? Answer these questions for yourself. Did we last week show the world Jesus? Did you? Last week, were you looking for specific opportunities to manifest the truth towards others? And last week, did you stay encouraged? Did you not lose heart? How was it? How did it go last week? Well, guess what, brethren? It's a new week. Another Lord's Day has come. And now when we leave this place, we have the chance to do the same thing, Lord willing. Amen? Lord willing, we'll have the same opportunities to speak to those people that we may have missed last week. So this morning, I want us to continue with this thought of confidence. I mean, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is one of my favorite chapters of all the Bible. This is what Christianity is about. The way you think, the way you act, the way you hold yourself. If you want to know how you need to be doing as a Christian, read 2 Corinthians chapter 4 on a weekly basis, and man, you'll be in tune. You'll be ready to go and be excited about it. The first thing that I want to talk about, and I talked about it last week a little bit, but I kind of want to expound on it, is this concept, the treasure. Look at verse 7 again. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Paul says, we have this treasure. Well, what is that treasure, Matt? It's the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Amen? And what happens when we get in Christ? 
Doesn't Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 tell us, brethren, that we have all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus? Now, how awesome is that? All spiritual blessings come in Christ. Do we feel excited about it? You remember in Matthew chapter 13 when Jesus tells the parable, he says uh, in verse 44, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Think about that. Or what about when Paul is talking to the church at Colossae and he talks about this mystery that had been hidden from ages and generations and now it has been revealed to the saints. Watch what Paul says. He says to these saints, to us, brethren, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery, this treasure, this gospel among the Gentiles. What is it? Christ in you. The hope of glory. He says, him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Is this our mind frame, brethren? Have we lost the touch with what it's all about? Have we become complacent in our Christianity? Have we just checked the box for months and months? I beg you today, I plead with you. Today, if that's how you are, change. Don't wait any longer. The world is passing away. We can make a difference. Are we overjoyed to know that we get to go and proclaim the gospel? To let others see Christ in us. To show them the hope of glory. We sung that song. How does it make you feel when we all get to heaven? What a day. What a day. Brethren, we have a precious treasure that God has given us to deliver. Does that motivate you? He gave us the responsibility because you want to know why, brethren? He believes in us. <laughs> he believes in me. He believes in you. You know, one of the most encouraging things when I was a young kid and I see it in living, I even saw it in Isaac when he was younger. You know, you, you come, you bring your kid over there and you say, now look, I'm giving you this responsibility and it's a real big one. You think you can do it? And what does that little kid do? Oh yeah, yeah. I wish it worked when they get into the teenage area. It kind of rubs, ruins, it. I don't know what happens to it. But right there at that young age, boy, it's a big responsibility to help mom and dad, isn't it? God has given us the responsibility because he believes in me and you. Now, that being said, watch me, follow this. Watch this connection, brethren. God could have given this treasure, this gospel message, he could have given it to the world any way that he wanted to do it. 
But he did it in a real awesome way. He did it according to his word. Watch what 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 says. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. You remember the verse that we're talking about, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. You remember we talked about last week, that word earthen vessels is dirt jars. <laughs> he gives the treasure in dirt jars. Now, in the first century, dirt and clay jars were insignificant. They were common. They were temporary. They were expendable, right? You know, if a, if a clay jar broke, you didn't work to fix it. You just threw it away. And you, and you went and got another one, right? We still do that today. A flower pot breaks, what do you do? You just toss it out and get you another one. Dollar store got them for one dollar. Dollar tree, probably a better deal, right? But like I mentioned last week, Paul doesn't say that this treasure is contained in this golden treasure box. No, brethren. The gospel message is held in dirt, clay, jars. This is how Paul pictures himself. And this is how we must consider ourselves as well. We aren't a unique work of art that held to the highest value because of what we've done. Am I right about it? I haven't created something that just is awe-inspiring to God by my own will. We're just we're just dirt clay jars, brethren, among many dirt clay jars that are carrying the gospel message. Matt, you're talking down on me, boy. You're talking hard to me. That's right. On purpose. For a reason. I'm setting you up. Don't be mad at me. I'll bring you around. I told you I was excited about this lesson, right? I wasn't trying to get you down where you're mad at me. But brethren, we ain't nothing but clay jars. What's the point? What's the point? Look at verse 7. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. See, the power is in the message, not in the jar. Amen? And this thought is to keep us humble like we talked about in class. The image of dirt jars was used as a metaphor back in the first century for human weakness. See, we should embrace our weaknesses, shouldn't we, brethren? I got all kinds of weaknesses. I got all kinds of struggles. I got all kinds of things that's happening in my life. Uh, from moment to moment, I can't ever tell that's going to crack and make me crumble and make me be weak. But the power of God is made visible when I understand just how weak I am. Brethren, I want you to think about this comment right here. Think about this comment. 
Think about how God's power is on its greatest display when it transforms a weak, selfish, fragile, broken person into this, a God-loving, Christ-serving, standing in the strength that supplies Christian. Now, how about that? God's power is on display because I am weak, because I am selfish, because I am fragile, because I am broken. But what does God do? He creates a new thing. See, when the world would just throw you to the side, you know what the Lord says? I'm going to put you back together. I'm going to put you back together. And give you something that this world can't offer. Me. I'm going to give you me. Now does that motivate you brethren? But when we promote ourselves. As anything more than this clay jar. We take away where the attention always belongs. On the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, Jesus Christ. And we don't receive the blessings that God intends for us. Look at the text, brethren. Look at verses eight and nine. Look at what the Bible says. We are hard pressed, Paul says, on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Paul describes what being a dirt jar carrying the treasure looks like. He describes the weaknesses, hard-pressed. Have you ever been hard-pressed in your life, brethren? Have you ever been perplexed, brethren? Have you ever been persecuted, brethren? Have you ever been struck down? Struck down. But because he and his companions carry this treasure, they're not crushed. <laughs> they're not driven to despair. They're not forsaken. And they're not destroyed. Come on, brethren. They may knock me down, but they ain't never going to knock me out. You can knock me down, but you ain't never going to knock me out. Our strength comes from God's sustaining power. Amen. And understanding what the mission is. See, our strength isn't from ourselves. We clay jars, brethren. In Acts chapter 14, verses 19 and 20, we see Paul is not destroyed when he is stoned. Not only is he stoned, but he's left on the road dead. I've never been in that situation in my whole entire life. I've never even had a rock thrown at me. Could you imagine being stoned? 
So here's Paul left for dead in Lystra. But you know what he does, brethren? He gets up and he goes to Derby. He goes to Derby to preach, and the next verse says that he made many disciples. Are you kidding me? How did Paul do it? How did Paul do that? Because the strength wasn't within himself, am I right, brethren? It was in the gospel message that he carried. It was the power that he understood God was with him. If God be for me, who can be against me? He had a mission that would not allow him to stay down. You want to know what keeps your focus where it needs to be at? You want to know what keeps us from being distracted from all of these snares and these traps that Satan tries to set for us? We think about preaching and teaching this gospel message to the world. Have we become complacent? Is there a need for persecution for us to get fired up? What a blessing God has given us. He's given us all of these freedoms to do all of these things. And why is it? And I'm raising my hand too. I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm trying to spur you. I'm trying to encourage you. I'm trying to love on you. Why are we not inviting people? Why are we not trying to set up Bible studies? Why? This world is passing away. Paul was left for dead, stoned on the side of the road, and he got up. Brethren, God sustains us through our hardships because of the hope that we have in the gospel and the ministry we are told to go and proclaim. Brethren, when you behold glory... You got to tell others, don't you? If you saw something just so amazing, wouldn't you have to go tell it to somebody? Man, you need to go in this cave. <laughs> I don't even know what I saw. There was all kind of gold and silver in this boat and, and all kind of stuff in here. You need to come check this out, right? I mean, I don't even know how to haul it out. This is the picture Paul has given us, brethren. Now watch me. What keeps us going? What keeps him going? Brethren, we have beheld the treasure. Don't you remember when you came up out of the water? Your sins were gone completely. How amazing is that? Is it worth going and telling somebody else about the glory that's to come? Jesus, when he healed the man living in the tombs, you remember that story. You remember he kept breaking the chains and everybody was scared of him. They didn't want to go up there and mess with him. You remember? When Jesus healed him, those demons said, let us go into these swine. You remember that whole story, right? And when the man got into his right mind, look at what he begged to get on the boat because the people were scared because Jesus had done this great miracle. 
They said, man, you got to get on the boat and get up out of here. We don't know what's going on. And this man is begging to get on the boat. And what does Jesus tell him? However, Jesus did not permit him. But here's what he said. Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. Brethren, that'll preach. Oh, that'll preach. Look at what verses 10, 11, and 12 say in our text. He says, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Paul has all kinds of physical wounds, literally, from preaching Jesus. So what is he talking about? He says in verse 11, for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. When people see what you have pulled through in your life and see you still serving God, that preaches. Amen? Don't think that just because you've grown older, don't think just because you've aged in time, don't think for one minute that your example still isn't shining because it is. Verse 11, we are being led to death for Jesus' sake and it still ain't gonna stop me. How about that, brethren? It's still not going to stop me. Don't let your struggles, don't let your trials cause you to shift from the Lord. Brethren, I want you to consider this as we draw near to closing out. Don't check out on me, just check in with me. Being a Christian is a sacrifice of self, Amen. And Christ died so that we might live. Amen? So we should in turn do the same. We die so that others may live. Now watch this one, brethren. We read about the apostles' sacrifices, right? We talked about Paul. We, we think about Peter and we think about all those things that they did and the, and the punishment that they received and, and the joy that they had for just being uh, kind of talked about in this concept of suffering for Jesus' sake, right? And, and, and we think, boy, I'm glad I didn't live in that time, don't you? Have you ever thought, I mean, I'll admit it. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm glad I ain't living that time. But do we suppose that we have been called to live any different 
Do you suppose that we have been called to live any different? I'd say absolutely not. We live the same way as they lived in the first century. No matter what you do, no matter what you do to my body, it doesn't matter. Because I'm not worried what somebody can do to me here. I'm worried about what somebody can do to me later. Amen. And I want all the blessings. What we see is the concept of taking up our cross and following him. We have this gospel treasure in our lives, brethren. But it's hidden. Our lives are hidden so that Christ is on display. We have died and Christ is our life. That's why Paul says in verses 13 through 15 this. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise up with Jesus, raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, excuse me, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. I want you to think about this as you leave. We may be knocked down. We may be drug around. But we're never knocked out. Don't count me out, brethren. How about you? Because I'm on the Lord's side. How about that? Now, here's what I want you to do for me. Every single one of you, please respect me in this. Kids too. Everybody close your eyes for just a second. And I want to read something to you. Please respect me on this. Please. Everybody close your eyes and I want you to think about what I'm about to read to you. This is for nobody else. This is for your ears. Therefore... We do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. But brethren, the things which are not seen are eternal. Pray with me. Father in heaven, we thank you for everything that you give us. We thank you for the ministry that you've given us to go and preach the word, Lord. We thank you for this treasure. Let us hold it in high regard. Let us treat it like it should be treated, as of great value. And be joyful and be excited to go and spread your word. Lord, we know that this world is passing away. We know that our bodies are passing away, Lord. But we know that one day, 
We're going to be with you. And we cannot wait. Lord, we love you and we thank you for everything. Be with this congregation as we strive to do your will. And everything that we say and everything that we do, we hope that it does bring glory to your name. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. If you had to be honest with yourself, you, you hadn't done it like you're supposed to. Maybe you're here today and, and you haven't been shining your light. You can repent. You can ask for forgiveness. If you need prayers, we can be there for you. But I want to just make this plea today. Friend, if you're here today and you're not saved, you're missing out on all the blessings that come in Jesus Christ. Jesus says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Saved from this world that's dying and passing away and will never be right. But you can be today. Your life can be changed forever. Don't miss that opportunity. The water is ready for you. Not the magical water, the waters of obedience. Buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Man, join the, join the greatest kingdom ever today as we stand and as we sing.